Welcome to the Legacy Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info. Y'all ready? Does anybody need sermon notes? Wave at me real big. There's one hand right there. There's 18 over here and five over there. All right, ushers, help us out with sermon notes. Get them ready. We're going to talk about vision. We're going to talk about our church vision. We're going to talk about the vision that you need to have as well. You know, the most famous vision verse in the Bible is Habakkuk in uh, chapter 2, verse 2. It says, write the vision and make it plain. Here, go behind you, brother. Right there. Write the vision and make it plain. And though th- that those who read it can run with it. And then, so uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. How about your vision? Uh, we'll talk about the church vision and that we need a vision. Amen. You know, I was listening to a preacher and he was talking about uh, vision and he was riding a motorcycle and he looked down the road and he saw something in the road. He's trying to look and look and use his vision. What is that? What is that? What is that? Well, he never slowed down. He's looking at what it is and he ran over it. It was a dead possum, you know. It's kind of dangerous on a motorcycle. But anyway, uh, we're going to dig into this, and then we'll just break down and read the scriptures in Habakkuk 2. But uh, I want to start off with number one, and it says, seek God. I think so many times we forget to seek God. We just walk around, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do, Lord? And we really don't seek him. You know, uh, way back in the day when I was a youth pastor, I pulled up, make a deposit at the bank, and the lady goes, you're a pastor. <gasps> Tell me the will of God for my life. And I'm in the car. I just got the window rolled down, you know, and, and, you know, I wanted to say, and this is the answer to that. Read your Bible. Seek God. Seek God. And uh, we're going to say some things maybe rock you a little bit, but uh, it's still true. So let's look at Habakkuk 2.1. And it says, I will stand my watch. This is before the most famous scripture on write the vision, make it plain, okay? I will stand my watch and I will set upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me. Come on, you got you to gotta get just how we got still in worship. That's the Holy Spirit set that up. You need to get still and just jot down some things that run through your heart, run through your spirit, you know? Just write down and begin to write down some things uh, uh, that God puts on your heart, that God may want you to do. What is in you? What is it that you like to do? I mean, if you don't like to play tiddlywinks, you're not going to play it. I know I'm being funny. But if you don't like basketball, you're not going to watch it. Okay? What is it that's in you? Learn to develop what that is. That doesn't mean that, that... that you, but start right there and begin to write things down, what God, what God has a plan for you. And then what happens, we get a plan, and then we try to figure it out ourselves to get to the end goal. Kind of jumping ahead, but we need to sit down and just get before God and relax. Come on, being a Christian's fun. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And you know what? We relegate to what we're supposed to do is what we're supposed to work how we're supposed to work, where we're supposed to work. And that really doesn't have that much to do with it. What? Yeah, okay. And so, so here's the deal. We need to sit down and I will answer when I'm corrected, he said. Because once you start getting in that flow, God will start giving you ideas and he'll go, nope, take that one off. That's not me. Take that off. That's you, not me. I mean, you know, we fall into that trap. Every one of us fall into what we want to do. 
and not what's right. That's why you ate 12 donuts and you weren't supposed to eat one, you know. They're trained at McDonald's to say, you want fries and apple pie with that? And the answer is no. You don't go with a salad. No, you don't even drop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. When's the last time you asked? When's the last time you sought? When's the last time you tried to open a door? Well, it's just the way we are. This is the way McLaren's are. I mean, we've been this way all the time. And oh, no, no, we're in a new family. God wants to deliver you and change you and make you a new creation. He wants to get you blessed. He wants to get you in that position. Come on, there's a position of favor in God. It's called the secret place. Okay. So we're going to start seeking him, right? Let's seek him for vision. What am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Let's seek him for vision and direction. Number two is write it. Come on, once you figure out, write some things down. But once you figure out the vision, you need to write it down. And so let's read the, the famous verse 2 and 3. And the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And, you know, a lot of people get hung up, well, it's, well it wasn't the Lord's timing. Uh, 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 come on now. Uh, yeah, there is a timing, but forget the timing and get yourself in a position to receive. See, because see, see, you cannot be in a position to receive and it'll pass you right by. And you say, well, it wasn't the Lord's time. And no, it was, it's already passed. Because there's houses I should have bought that would have took me already to another level. Because I could have bought and sold. I mean, there are, there are jobs and blessings and things. I mean, well, you know, uh, you, when, you, when you're 19, 20 and you just think you're full of pride. Well, I ain't doing that. If I got to ask him for a job, forget that. Okay. Everybody got to ask somebody for a job. You work for somebody, even if you own your own business. The people that come to your business, you're working for them. Well, if I have my own business, I just have it made. Well, no. If you have your own business, you got to work 12 hours a day. I saw just a glimpse of a thing, an Uber driver. Y'all know what an Uber driver is? It's like a taxi cab suit, you know, and they drive their own car around. And the guy is working eight hours a day. Seven days a week, making a hundred grand. Well, I want to work two hours a day, three days a week, and make a hundred grand, Pastor Brett. Good luck with that. <laughs> the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. We, we leave that out of our vision. <laughs> we have a vision that it just comes easy. No, no, vision is spelled W-O-R-K. Ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. Finances are spelled W-O-R-K. Work. Okay, I don't want to offend anybody, but you got to work. Yeah, I don't want, well, it doesn't fulfill me. Well, it does fulfill you. It fills your stomach, and it pays the electric bill, and it pays the internet that you long for. Come on. What, what we relegate to fulfillment, you know, if you was making enough, you'd be fulfilled. I'm getting off the soapbox here. So let's, let's back up. Let's back up. Write the vision, make it plain. 
The vision for your life has to be established on some basic principles. You cannot leave out, and I'm going to give you our church's mission statement, our church's vision statement, and our 10 core values, okay? And our mission statement for the church is go make disciples. That's every church's mission. Oh, they can add a whole bunch to it, but we did it simple so our kids could learn it. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Everybody got it? Okay, a part of the vision for your life, you're still supposed to go make disciples, whether you're selling widgets, making widgets, or eating widgets. You're still to be a, a person who makes disciples. And they may be your children, your grandchildren. They may be your neighbor. It may be the person you're working with. You're called to make disciples. And how you work is how you're judged because you're not supposed to go to your job. You, you, you signed up to work eight, ten hours a day, whatever you're working, and they didn't call you there to preach. The owner of the company I worked for last, he said, why don't you come in early and do a Bible study? Er, er, early? <laughs> early? Yeah, why don't you come in early and do a Bible study? With all these guys, they need Jesus. You see, come in early. Or, or how I work and, and the integrity that I have in my life is a witness. Because I get there early and I don't, I'm, not, I'm leaving early. And I answer the phone at 3 a.m. The, the service guy, I wasn't in the service department. service guy calls me. His manager, he called at 3 a.m. I answered the phone. He goes, I cannot believe you answered the phone. He said, my guys won't answer the phone. I said, it's my job to answer the phone. They don't pay me to answer the phone at 3 a.m., but it's still I'm responsible for my job. Just saying, it's character, it's attitude. You want to get ahead? Do the worst job at your job and do it with a smile. You won't do it for very long. They're going to say, we need that person out front. Okay. Come on, make disciples. Our vision, put our vision on the screen. Have you got it back there? A thriving family of believers reaching others with the love of God. Come on, we got this on a bookmark. We passed them out and... And, and, you know, we, we're a family of believers. I said, everybody get your picture taken. Come on, get your families together. And somebody said, we're all family. And I said, that is so true. We don't have a big enough backdrop. But a thriving family of believers. We're believers. Part of your vision, believer, is to pray, is to lay hands on the sick, is to rejoice, is to learn to worship, is to be an overcomer. Come on, spiritually. This is why we miss the vision for our life or what God has for us. As we forget the foundations, look at our 10 core values real quick. And, and, and our core values, Jesus is our example. Love is our foundation. Come on. Everything works by love. Amen. Jesus said, come on, Jesus is Lord, but everything in your life will work by love. We were talking about it in the early Bible study this morning, but, but you know, you can get caught up in politics and get out of the love walk. Remember the people that you're hating on, they, Jesus died for them. Amen. Come on, Jesus died for everybody on this planet, even the ones you don't like. Come on, we have got to guard our heart. We've got to guard our love walk because love is our foundation. And when, when, you're not, when you don't walk in love, mm, you're out underneath the umbrella that God's placed over you. Come on, grace and mercy. We've got we to maintain our love walk. Look at the next one. Faith is our response. The just shall live by faith. We have to live by faith. There is no other way to live but by faith in God, faith in the Word of God, faith in the presence of God. The just live by faith. Faith is how we overcome. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And to believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so these are our core values. Look, look at the next one. Uh, family is our culture. And I've already said that. We, we are a family. Come on. The blood of Jesus is thicker than the womb water you were born in. We're family. We're the family of God. And everybody who is, calls on the name of Jesus is your family. Worship is our passion. We love to worship around here. Come on, let's get us worship. Let's open up our hearts, whether you have music or not. Man, just walk around worshiping God. Glory be to God. Praise God. Discipleship is our mission. We've already said that. Go make disciples. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Come on. It's really Holy Spirit is our guide. Not the Denise is our guide. Denise is our guide. Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is our guide. And so, so, you know, but it's just people have a hard time saying that. Serving is our privilege. Man, it's, it's fun to serve. We're supposed to serve. We're supposed to bless somebody. All those lists of people that we give to, there's some of them you might not know. Some of them may be controversial to you. There's some TV ministries, but they're reaching millions or getting saved. Come on, most of those guys make their money not by the offering we give. The offering we give, they, go, they send people out. They make their money selling their books. If you don't like them, don't buy their books. Change the channel. Watch your love walk because they're God's called. You know, don't, you don't have to, no, I don't like them. Don't change the channel. I mean, I don't watch basketball. I change the channel. Watch your love walk. And so the Holy Spirit's our God. Serving is our privilege. Excellence is our pursuit. We want to do everything excellent. We want to do it to the best of our ability. It doesn't mean we've got millions and millions of dollars, but bless God, we can mop the floor. We can pick up trash. We can do what we can do to make this building the best, to make our services the best. We want excellence. Listen, if you, if you have a problem with excellence, you're going to have trouble in heaven. Somebody told a pastor one time and said, you know, y'all just making the church too nice. I can't invite anybody. I'm like, ah, what? What? So you're going to re relegate all the niceness to the devil? Go to a casino where everything's marble, everything's glorious. They got a million dollars on the wall just to brag about it. Million dollars and $100 bills that stretches from all the way down. What y'all trying to show off here? The devil's a liar. God, the streets are paved with gold. Come on. Sweep up the dust in heaven. It's gold dust. Everything is quality. Everything is excellent. God is good. His mercy endures forever. Come on. And excellent. So children is our, is our what? Legacy. We have got to pass this on to our children. We have got to pass on the building. We've got to pass on everything. But we have to pass on the Word of God, the presence of God, the life of God. And trust me, they're getting it. I got grandkids up there. They're getting it. They're receiving. I was having a conversation with a five and a six-year-old. We're talking about the Lord. And one of them said, well, you got to be reborn. Uh-huh. I said, that's right. And the oldest one said, well, how do you get reborn? I said, you know, there was a good Bible teacher. A great Bible teacher asked Jesus the same question. 
The name was Nicodemus. How can a man be born again? The children, four, five, and six, are getting the Word of God. We're teaching them the Word of God. And so you need to be declaring over the kids and your kids, your grandkids, that they'll walk with God all the days of their life. Because you know what? You can fall away. We talked about the prodigal son last week. So those are our core values. Number three, faith frames it. Frame it. I've already quoted that, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is, but go ahead and look at that. Faith frames it, so frame it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. I'm kind of excited. Our 10 core values, we've been holding off to frame them till we get uh, the foyer finished. Well, next week, I'm hoping to hang all 10 of them, be five on this side as you come in or five on this side as you come in. We're going to frame them. So they're in our face. They're in our eyes. But God framed the earth. You know, uh, he put the blueprints out. I want, I want there to be light. I want there to be an atmosphere. I want all these things. And God began to, to put, and it's still framed. It, the earth is still functioning. Now, I know there's a curse in the earth and Satan came, but you know what? They're still rotating. You know, we only had 23 hours yesterday. No, no. The universe is still expanding. God has, has put it out there. Think about it. So you frame it. You put it before you and, and see our lives. We get up every day. You need to frame, you need to frame your day. I'm blessed today. I'm ble- I don't feel blessed. I, I ate something bad. I got a headache, but that's all right. I'm still blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm an overcomer today. I'm more than a conqueror. I got I to gotta frame my day. This is what I'm going to have today. But we, most of us get up and go, whatever happens, happens. Que sera, sera. That ain't, that's not a scripture, okay? I'm going to quit saying that one of these days. But we have start, got to start framing. God said, frame it. Speak what you want. Declare it. Come on, use your faith in your life. You know what? You're going to live tomorrow, but whether you live happy or not or have joy or peace is up to you. Because Jesus already said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Well, I hadn't seen it. I don't see it in my life. My wife's still mean, Pastor. Jesus gave us peace. We have to be that partaker. We have to go after. We have to call. Anybody ever called a dog to him? Come on, yeah. Hey, buddy, come on. Hey. Come on, Spot. My grandpa had five dogs in a row. He named them Tip. Why in the world you name them Tip? Well, they all got a tip on the end of the tail. Tip. And then, you know, his daughter said, let me name the next one. And she named it Mr. Struffle Up or something or another and just four or five words long. He goes, that's why I can't let y'all name it. It's Tip. Now, hold on. You need to call your day what you want it to be. You need to call. Just like you cannot see that dog, maybe you can't see peace. You had not been calling it. Maybe you can't see joy in your life. You haven't been calling it. You're not framing the day. Woo! I'm preaching better than you shouting. And so you need to start framing your day, and you need to call, call those things that not here. You need to call it to you. Blessed, favor, peace, joy, love, kindness, gentleness. The nine fruits of the Spirit, that's the foundation, that's the foundation, core values too, 
that you live your life on so you can do the will of God, that you can walk out the vision. Without that, you're in trouble. You're, you're cast to and fro. Well, maybe the Lord wants me to, maybe he don't. I know it'll straighten up one of these days, and this is how you walk in life. When you can get steady, and this is a whole lot better than this. Okay. Frame it. Y'all ready to frame it? Let me finish in, in Hebrews 11. Let's say Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. Go ahead and say it. Say Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. We're going to read just a little bit of it. In verse 3, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made from things which are visible. I just told you to call it. That's exactly what that scripture backs up. You, want, you need to make some stuff. You need to make some peace out of things that aren't visible. That's the word of God. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, though he, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Cain didn't bring the sacrifice God said to bring. He wanted, I'm going to do it my way. Can't do it your way. We want to do it our way and let God bless it. Well, it, it's not the, you know, and, and I, I, it's not the Lord's timing. Maybe it wasn't his will. Uh, come on. Establish yourself in the word of God. Establish yourself as a believer in God. Establish yourself and, and, and walk in the things of God. Verse 5, Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Is your life pleasing to God? Oh, don't talk about my life, Pastor. Don't talk about my life. You know, God knows your life. You, and he's given you the power to change, to be pleasing. I got an example before we close the day, so come on. And, and so verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being div divinely warned of things not yet seen, Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Are you kidding me? It had never rained. It took him 120 years to build that ark. You can't last five minutes. Oh, this is too hard. Let's just drive through McDonald's and get an ark. Come on. Nobody had ever seen rain. The ridicule that people put on him. Look at the idiot over there. Give him a dunce hat, somebody. Rain, water has never fell out of the sky. It's dew that waters this. Water comes up from the ground. Rain. 120 years to build that ark. Don't you think he got discouraged? He didn't say he got discouraged. I know he got discouraged. We all get discouraged. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, but in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Come on, he just kept plugging. The, the vision was in his heart. This is what God told me to do. This is what God told me to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a disciple maker. I'm going to be a believer. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to pray for the sick. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to have joy and peace. I'm going to work harder than anybody else in my company. 
Because I'm not working for my company. I'm working for God. Everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. Quit looking at those knuckleheads you're working with and working for. You're working for God. Quit looking at the knuckleheads in the White House and the Congress and the Senate and the state. Quit looking at all those people and trust God and believe God. Yeah, take a stand, but pray. Listen, if it affects you so much you lose your love walk, something's wrong. Come on, be angry and sin not. I'm for righteousness and I cannot, I am shocked is where this world, where the United States is heading. But bless God, we still going to trust God and believe God and love God. And we're going to love people. We're going to love them into the kingdom of God. Amen? You know what? If you're not shedding any tears over it, you don't need to be griping about it. Jesus cried over Jerusalem because they would not receive him. He wept. It broke his heart because Jerusalem would not receive him as Savior. He saw Jerusalem being destroyed. Come on, if it's not breaking your heart the way this country's going and you're not crying, then you don't have a right to say anything. If you're not praying, come on, quit griping. I know I'm being a little rough. Come on, but here we go. Number four, we have to live it. Live it, live it, live it, live it. This thing is real. James 1, 22 said, be doer of the word and not a hearer only. It's time to do the word, do the word. Do what the word says and, and like it. Come on. I, I want to tell a story and put all these together. And, and I'm going to tell a story of a man who couldn't live it. He struggled. He struggled. So we're going to talk a little bit. And, and Samuel and we're not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you the story, but it's a great read. Uh, in 1 Samuel 10, uh, Saul became the first king of Israel. Before David, there was Saul. And God chose Saul. God chose Saul to be king. And Samuel, uh, he was upset. He cried over the people. And God said, I, 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 uh, I, the people were crying, oh, we want a king like everybody else. And God said, I'm your king. Come on, am I not enough? We want, we want a king. And, and so, so Samuel goes, I don't want to do this. The Lord said, give the king and I'll tell you who. And he picked Saul. Now Saul, he went, uh, went out looking for his daddy's donkeys one day. They were lost. And uh, he came and they couldn't find them. They'd been gone too long and he's he tells the guy that with him, the, the worker with him, said, man, we got to get back to my dad. He's going to be worried about us. We got to go back. And the worker said, wait a minute. In this town right here, there is a prophet. He's a seer. He's the man of God. Let's go ask him where the donkeys are at. And God had already spoke to Samuel and said, Saul's coming to see you, and I want you to anoint him king. And so, so they go, and they're asking about the donkeys. And he goes, oh, you're not here for the donkeys. He goes, the donkeys are already found. You're here to, uh, for me to give you a plan, to give you a purpose, to give you something for your life. He says, stay the night, and in the morning you can go. And so he spent the night with him, and the next morning, Samuel, who was the prophet of God, laid hands on him and prophesied to him, said, you know what? You're going to leave here, and as you go, God's going to change your heart. 
And as you get to this town, you're going to meet a group of prophets coming off the mountain. And as they come off the mountain, they're going to be prophesying. And you're going to join in with them. And you're going to prophesy too. The Spirit of God's going to come on you. And you're going to prophesy just like they're prophesying. And it won't be long that I'm going to call you up and God's going to make you king. And he goes, man, man, the tribe that we come from, we're the least of tribes. We're we're not this. We're not that. Poor self-image. Couldn't break it. But God laid all of it out. And Samuel anointed him, poured the oil on him, ran down. And he turned and left. He saw turned and left. The Bible says his heart changed. That's just liking it unto salvation. His heart changed. And just like Samuel said, he walks to that town. Here comes the prophets off the mountain from the high places. They've been worshiping God and they were prophesying. He joined right in with them and prophesied with them. And people said, who is Saul? Is he a prophet now? Can he prophesy? See, the anointing was on the prophet, the priest, and the king. So he's a king. And he goes and then... Samuel shows up, and they, I'm just cutting it short. Man, they have a call all the tribes together. We're picking a king today. And, and Samuel already knew, but the other prophets with him, you know, were helping him. And Saul's our man. But wait a minute. Where Saul? Is he even here today? And the Spirit of God said he's hiding. He's hiding. He's hiding in the supplies. They have to go get him. He's been anointed. His heart's changed. His his life is renewed, he's prophesied, and he's hiding from the call of God. How many of y'all hiding? How many of you can't see yourself what God's called you to be? Because of your past, because of the family you came from, because of who you are. And they bring him up, and he's head and shoulders, I mean, over everybody. That's our king. Long live the king. And you keep reading the whole story. And he starts doing things because he's concerned with what people think. That's why you can't tell your vision to people. You guard it. You get confirmation without having to tell anybody. But you'll find him sacrificing when he was not supposed to sacrifice animals. It was Samuel's job. What have you done? Well, I'm trying to rally the people around. We were waiting on you, but... Man, they were losing heart. And then God said, go take care, I think, the Amalekites or whoever it was. Don't even get their sheep and goats. Get rid of all of them. Well, man, they had some great sheep. And then they were driving some nice, you know, riding some nice donkeys. And the guy said, we're taking these home with us. And we're going to keep their gold, too. And God said, don't touch any of it. And Samuel says, what have y'all done? I hear sheep barking and bleating in the background. He goes, what have y'all done? Well, we, we kept them the sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. He started doing things, and he lost his kingdom. And it wasn't God's fault, and because it wasn't God's timing, and then this and that and the other, they, he messed up. He could not see himself as the king that he's called to be. Well, as I was reading that story this week and just meditating over it, I thought about Buddy. Buddy, come on up here. Buddy Buddy, been came to this church about four and a half years ago, gave his heart to Jesus. He sat and cried for three Sundays in a row and finally Miss June come up to him, come on up here. Miss June said, you know God loves you, buddy, just as much as he loves everybody in here, even tattoos and all. Amen. <laughs> I want you to share a little bit about where you're at, what God's taking you from, where you're at right now. All right. Um, come from a pretty rough background, um, alcoholic at 12 years old, drug addict. Um, 
didn't have nobody teach me about the Lord when I was little. So when I joined Legacy and, and I, was, I was sitting here and, and God delivered me from alcoholism and drug addiction. Um, but I didn't know who I was still. So when uh, hard times would come, troubles come, you know, they come for all of us. But uh, I didn't know who I was, so I'd crumble. And I'd go back to drugs and alcohol. And most of you know, I've been up here a thousand times, you know. And, um, but God never gave up on me. I just couldn't see, I didn't see what God saw in me because I've been told my whole life that I was nobody. I was alcoholic, I was drug addict. And, you know, pretty much I, I just agreed with it. Um, last year, I had some health issues going on. They found some stuff on my lungs. Every time I'd go to the doctor, they were spreading, they was getting bigger. And I, I let fear take over me. Instead of knowing that God's the healer, I sunk back into my old ways. Um, instead of asking for healing, I was, I was fueling the disease that was in me. Um, I was about to lose my wife, my kids, and I told pastor, I need help. So we go, he takes me down to uh, Hope Center in Axton, Axton, Virginia. And uh, I was lost. I, I had nothing. My, my wife didn't want me. You know, she didn't want who I was. She, she wanted who she had married. Um, so I start seeking God. And I've always heard mature Christians tell me <laughs> that, you know, I've heard them what they say, seek God, get in the Word, but I never listened. This time I started listening, I started getting in the Word, and I started seeking God. And I got this scripture, I got it out of Job, and I said, I'm going to stand on it. It says, but if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, He will surely rise up and restore your happy home. And though you started with little, you will end with much. When I stood on that and I started seeking Him, before anything else, things started happening. I come home in February and I got a grant to go to school to get my CDL. Um, I'm, I'm driving with the company now that they trust me with a brand new truck, 2022 Kenworth. And just, it's unbelievable what he has done in my life. The, um, making more money than I've ever made. I've always got this close to everything and, and just crumbled before it happened. This time I stood on it and I stayed faithful to God and He's always been faithful to me and, and He just keeps carrying me. Just things keep happening, keep happening. It's unbelievable just, just to step back and just watch it and see it. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for God. I'm so grateful for this man right here that's never gave up on me. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. All right. Glory to God. So he, he is King Saul, but he has turned his life around. Here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to, point I'm trying to bring across. You stay in something so long, you can't see yourself getting out of it. Saul could not see himself getting out of what his tribe was, who he was. 
He could not see himself as king, but God already, he saw, he saw Buddy as king of his house. Buddy's the king of his house. They fight now just so they can make up. talking about a future, he's planning what a 501c3, he's planning, he's planning no sorry, a 401k he's, he's planning out his life, his future his retirement, he's saving money, he never saved money before but God's changed him on the inside because he started to see himself in who, what God saw in him who God called him to be see he's still a believer even though he's a truck driver believers first, God's first so I'm going to say this, and it may shock you. It really don't matter what you do. You pick, but you put God first. He's going to bless it. And the thing about it is, well, what if I get out of the will of God? Guess what? He's going to correct you. It's the fun part. Come on, I want you to go over here. We're going to do this. Okay. I want you to learn how to do this. Last job I had, I had to learn so much. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's not true. But I would, lay, I would lay in bed at night, 3 a.m., rolling through the stuff I'm trying to learn, and my, it would wake my wife up, and I never said nothing. Talking about the power of what's going on in you, worry and fear and struggle and stress. Come on, you have the power on the inside of you. If you equip your spirit man and grow your spirit man, you can, your life can change. God wants you. He's got your back, but you've got to do what he says to do. Bow your heads this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, come on, that's the beginning. Buddy started that four and a half years ago. He gave his life to Jesus. Yeah, he had ups and downs and struggles still, but that was his old man trying to hang on, and he's broke that man off. Come on, if you need Jesus in your life today, would you lift your hand? Say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. Hallelujah. If you're saved, I'm rejoicing with you. If you don't know Jesus, let us rejoice with you. Maybe you're sitting here today and say, you know, Pastor, I've been struggling. I've, I've fallen away and I need to come back. If that's you, will you lift your hand? Let's pray over you today. Anybody? Okay, I see that hand. Anybody else? Come on, we were in the glory of God when we started this service. Let's just remain there with your head bowed. God's goodness is, is here. God's grace and mercy. There were some other hands went up. God saw your hands. But let me pray over you. Won't you pray with me? Say, Father, today I receive your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, move in my heart, in my life. Help me to see who I'm called to be in you. Thank you, Father, that every day is a new day in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.